welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Welcome on into the Sports Buffoon Studios. We have Tanner Dawson over here. What's up, guys? And as well as Jason JG. What's up, guys? Good to be back with you all with the crew on a Wednesday night. Absolutely great to have you back. I know you were missing last week, Jason, but it's great to have you back. I know your solo was wonderful uh, this past weekend, and I look forward to very many more of those as the NBA season rolls on because your takes on the NBA are phenomenal. Um, and this is, as you guys as I said, this is Mike Settle. We're going to be going on about the KC Chiefs and Buffalo Bills quite a bit tonight, and we'll be hitting hard on the playoff topics as well as some retirement topics that we need to be hitting on as well. Um, but first and foremost, Tanner, did you notice, or did you, either one of you notice, that the Buffalo, uh, the city of Buffalo removed KC Masterpiece Barbecue from their shelving? Uh, this is a way to give a big fu to Kansas City. What do you think about that? So, what are you saying in response? We need to remove all tables from stores, or remove, what? Remove all tables. Remove all buffalo sauce. Buffalo sauce. I do. I do have a problem with that. And yeah, the reason I have a problem with that is because that's a beta move. Like yeah, you, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be reactive. You should, you know, just take care of business, right? And so. If they took all the the KC Masterpiece barbecue sauce off their shelves, uh, that means they're pretty scared right now. And that's that's not how you want to be if you're the city of Buffalo trying to win a freaking game. I mean, snooze they lose off of something so great, too. So, whatever. Not bothering me, any. Yeah. That would be like us if like, we are playing the Broncos. And I'm like, that's what I boycott all breweries from Colorado. Uh, sorry, but um, I kind of like beer from Colorado, so I'm going to keep drinking that, uh, regardless of what NFL team plays out there. So, Tanner, by the way, uh, speaking of Colorado, you're drinking what? Yeah, so you brought back a uh, Odd 13 Brewing, the Colorado Kid. It is a locally sourced hazy Indiana pale ale, a nice IPA. And you know what? Real quick, pinky up. Wow. That's actually quite tasty, too. This is probably a damn good beer you brought back, dude. Nice. Glad you got to have the last Appreciate one. Appreciate it. Pack on Appreciate it. Uh, JG, what you sipping on over there? I do the same thing every single week. It's uh, Crown, and, <laughs> Crown and Cokes. I'm a simple man there, Mike. He's a simple kind of man. It's my brother's favorite song to play. That's a great song, by the way. Leonard Skinner did a good job, and simple so does Shine Down yeah. of those versions. Yeah, that's true. Um, so kicking it in real quick as far as what we think about the Chiefs real quick. As far as injury to Patrick Mahomes, uh, which is the big topic of the week as of right now. We are here on a Wednesday night coming at to you in the morning on a Thursday morning. Uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, actually did not have a concussion despite any reports you've actually heard. Um, it was actually a pinched nerve in his neck, a kind of a little stinger kind of deal. And actually held out of the rest of the game by staff, but his he does not actually have a concussion despite what has been said out there to the public. I want that to be known on our podcast. And this, uh, I think there's people there's been different reports coming out there about that. And Carrington Harrison had a report come out from 610 yes. stating that there is no issues whatsoever. Mahomes did practice today. And Mahomes, it will be good to go as far as we understand at this moment. Yeah, so something that uh, – so I watched Pat McAfee's show. I don't know if you guys do. Uh, fabulous show, by the way. 
props. Uh, so that dropped on Monday where Carrington got called out. So there's more detail going on on Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes' injury. So it is treated as a concussion through the concussion protocol right. because it deals with the nerves around his neck, his shoulder, his neck. That's where it really got hit. That's why you're hearing all the concussion protocols. It is not a typical concussion. It is more around the nerves around the hair. Just to clarify for everybody around what's going on with our with our guy. Yeah, it's very uh, very controversial because I think even in the post game interview with Andy Reid, he actually said that he got hit in the back of the head. And I was sitting there watching the game. I was like, no, he Didn't never got hit in any part of his head. And so, you know, it, it was a tweak nerve in the neck. I don't want you guys out there thinking that this is sort of a Peyton Manning issue when Peyton Manning had to sit out for a long time. That's not what this is. So it is not a concussion. So there's been a lot of uh, disinformation out there. And uh, my, my opinion on this is that the NFL, so this is my first hot take of the uh, podcast, the NFL is going to make sure that Patrick Mahomes moves through the protocol rapidly. And I want to throw this out here. I am speaking directly to the NFL right now. I dare you, NFL, to keep Patrick Mahomes out of this game because the NFL will destroy its own ratings if they somehow not let Patrick Mahomes play in this game. They're also going to destroy their Super Bowl ratings if, in fact, Buffalo was able to pull this out if Mahomes doesn't play. And so I'm calling out the NFL right now, but, you know, this, this isn't going to happen. So Patrick Mahomes is the face of, of the NFL. Do you understand that? So the face of the NFL, just rest assured, they are not going to allow this guy to not play in this game. So I want to be clear on that. You guys, are you guys in agreement with no, me on that? No, that's fair, and he should play. He's probably going on step four, and they do have to bring an outside consultant in to, uh, to figure it out, make sure that he is clear to play. It's not just the NFL protocols. They bring in an outside firm to check on it to clear him as well on top of everything else NFL has. So he is going into step four, most likely tomorrow, as it sounds like. So he should be clear to go. By Friday. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about Patrick Mahomes right now. Uh, what I will say to add on to what you said, Jason, was that it's probably going to add to the people who out there have conspiracy theories about the NFL, which mm-hmm. some of us do, some of us don't, but they will then eventually at some, some point talk about Patrick Mahomes. Well, oh, well, they couldn't let the face of the NFL, you know, skip a game because of a concussion. They had to push him through the protocol and make sure he was okay and make sure he he's allowed to play in the game. But I think uh, based on what we've seen as far as the actual injury itself uh, and discussions from the coaches, we, we know this. We've seen this. So we're going to pay attention to this as it goes on. And it's nothing to be worried about. But I think there will be people and haters out there, uh, especially on the Bills sideline, who uh, are going to be saying this was a rigged ordeal to where Holmes <laughs> is suddenly able to play one week after a yeah, quote-unquote concussion. So, so I work with a lot of... I work with a lot of people outside of KC, right? <laughs> well, I got one guy up in that's, that was your mic. I got one guy up in doubles, or sorry, doubles, uh, up in uh, Minnesota doubles. Uh, Jake, my my buddy, uh, he likes to give me crap on Patrick Mahomes. I think he's he secretly loves him. I know this, but he's calling this the uh, concussion gate with Patrick Mahomes coming back so fast. I know he's joking. I hope he's joking, but. 
I deal with a lot of hate up there. Trust me. They, for some reason, all of a sudden, like, like this, guys. Like this. Snap. We are heated. Exactly. That was fast, Tanner. That's it was quick. Of, like, all of a sudden, now it's like we have a bunch of hate on us. Like, oh, well, the NFL is going to help them out. And the NFL is going to make sure that their guy makes it on to go to the next level of, yep. the, of the playoffs. So, yeah, it's crazy. But besides Mahomes, you guys, I want to talk about a couple other guys coming back potentially here we're looking at. Uh, I think it looks like we're going to be having, was it Watkins could be back this week? We got Watkins who practiced today. Rashad Fenton practiced today. And Clyde practiced today. Good. That is the core of those guys we missed last week mm-hmm. with Clyde, Sammy, and Fenton. And I think. And they're all back. So our Breland, Rashad Breland was the other one that concussion protocol. Yeah. And he is currently. Uh, he did a light workout today. It was a light practice, Andy Reid said. Uh, so he should be doing a little bit more workout. He may not be cleared until game time. If he, It might come down to the game time decision. So not too sure on him. But, guys, we're, we're looking pretty damn good on our health-wise for injuries coming back in this game. Now, do you guys have a quick recap of the game, by the way, against the <laughs> Cleveland Browns? The Chiefs won 22-17. Anything you want to say or mention about that game in particular? I, for myself, uh, I was very worried whenever I saw Chad Henney come in. I was I was very pacing back and forth. I thought for sure that this would be the old Chiefs of the past. The old playoff history was going to come back and bite us like it hasn't before times um, without Mahomes, as we know. Uh, and it, it did come, out that, come down to that. Once Mahomes went out with the injury, uh, I felt like it might have been our doomsday once again. But uh, Chad Henney prevailed. Chad Henney prevailed. The defense stepped up at times. Uh, what do you guys think about this game? Yeah, with Chad Henney, I mean, I was never worried about it. I, I never thought that we were going to choke in this game. Like Patrick Mahomes said, Henny thing is possible. So many Henny puns. Uh, but as you guys know on this show, it doesn't matter what the sport is that we're talking about. I go defense first. So not surprising to me that Spagnolo and that defense, they forced Cleveland to punt. And so... That defense was top seven guys most of the year, so don't forget that. They ended up a little bit lower because, you know, they had their backups in in that uh, Week 17 game. Um, But looking at that uh, gutsy call by Andy Reid, what do you guys think about that call? Because I don't think they really needed it. I, I think I believed in that moment. I believed in the Chiefs' defense. And in general, I believe in that Chiefs' defense in clutch situations and so while I appreciate the gutsy call by Andy Reid to go for it on fourth down I I just I think we still would have stopped them Jason we got the most weapons on offense Chad Henney is now playing with the backups I love that call I love being aggressive you need to play that way to win the game to win the playoffs guys I just that made me so happy for that call just because of how aggressive he wasn't. He, he's confident with Henny, and it shows it. He's confident with Chad Henny, and he used our number one weapon in Tyree Kill. Yeah, well, he also showed that he w- he might have been a little bit too confident in Chad Henny, uh, based on the fact that they drew up that play with uh, Chad Henny throwing the long bomb, pretending that he was Pat- Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> and then Chad Henny threw an interception. And I I feel like in some ways that's a good thing, because I I feel like Chad Henny is gonna learn a good lesson from that and offensive coordinator is going to good, learn a good lesson from that. So I'm not worried about that play. I really wasn't like it was, 
it was a bomb. It could have been Chad Henney's decision to throw that ball in the first place. He want he saw something, decision, and it was a horrible decision. Obviously, it's a turnover. It's killed the drive. Yeah, that was pretty bad. But but here's the thing: if that game was earlier on, if it, say that happened in the second quarter, that would have been trouble. Then the Browns take over from there because the Browns trouble. Browns ran the ball actually fairly decent. That in the happened in the stage of the so. game where we still controlled the the points as well as the clock. So correct. That's where, where we had the luck on our side, but came down to the defense making plays there at the end to control that whole thing as well. Uh, Chad Henney is not a guy we want to have playing anytime, no. any soon, anytime soon for this team on offense, uh, despite the talent we have on our team as it is. But, hey, we know we, we appreciated the effort and that, that third down run. Like we, we aren't going to the next round without that run. So True. Give him credit for that. Absolutely. It was a 14-and-a-half-yard run. Who knew Chad Henney could run that fast? And then fast? he got the last half a yard that, that passed to Tyree Kill to finish off the game. It's like I'm watching Steve Young out there. Which was uh, – uh, <laughs> yeah, right, Dan. Well, a right-handed Steve Young. That's right. Uh, that's, that's, that's the thing. Was, was, it was basically getting a, a correct play call for the right situation. And I don't know if you ever watched Tyree Kill's route. If you went back and watched that play again, Tanner – Tyreek Hill's route on that play, like, you can't defend that. No. Like, that's ridiculous. It's the most ridiculous. How do you cover this because he made that yard route? He ever. made that cut, that first jab so in. Fast. And, you know, all the defensive guys right now, you see him take just one jab a certain direction. Exactly. They're going that way. His first step was inside. Inside. On that and then he hops outside. And then his immediate body goes straight to the outside. And it was the quickest one-yard play I've ever seen. And without that being a zone. he ran that route. Yeah, without that being amazing. a full zone defense. Yeah. So he's wide open, it. of course, on that play. Yeah, I, I like to call that play the mini wasp because mini wasp. Uh, <laughs> most teams, they're not going to stop the, so, the, the jet chip wasp, and but they're not going to stop the mini wasp either. We can call that the stinger. The stinger. We'll call it a stinger on that one. Uh, so before we dive into our future here going into the Chiefs versus Bills, I did want to go over a couple things with you guys. Um, I actually had a few questions because we saw a few things interesting today. We found out today Philip Rivers is retiring, uh, former 16 years with the San Diego slash L.A. Chargers, yep. as well as one year with the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, that's a legacy that I think we'll always remember. And I think uh, most people will always appreciate, appreciate it as well because the guy played almost every game. The guy was never injured. He played through injuries. He was there, game in, game out. Um, if you guys want a couple Philip Rivers statistics for yourselves before I really dig deep into this, um, my question at the end of this, before you answer me, is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer? And his record career-wise is 136 and 106. So 20-game difference and win-loss. Um, he had 12 4,000-yard seasons, which is super solid, right? 12 4,000-yard seasons, that's great. Uh, he had 421 touchdowns and 209 interceptions, but he finished off 5-7 and seven in the playoffs for his career, record-wise. Um, now, I'm not going to ask you guys quite yet about if he's a Hall of Famer, but what's your guys' input on Philip Rivers? What do you think about him retiring today? Man, how about, how about a guy with just being the, the mental foundation for himself on through all these rough years and the bad teams, right? So I know he went through his team literally 
year in, year out with the Chargers where they were just they, they looked great in the preseason and then just year like their their yearly round of injuries came and they were gone. And the next thing you know you have Philip Philip Rivers playing with a bunch of backups. And the guy still sitting out there. He threw the ball despite how however many interceptions he threw, especially towards the end there. He'd go out, and he'd still be chucking the ball, even though he'd throw an interception. He'd come out still do the same thing. Like, his mental fortitude, like, it just it just blows my mind when you look back at his career on how, like, with the, like just the way he performed each year and year out. Yeah, he, has, he did. you're right about that. And I think I remember, like, a little bit of, like, Stevie Johnson – you mean him look real good and Azura too too. Another yeah, another big name. It's just crazy. They but, made it look pretty good, but the guy was just he was he found a lot of ways to lose games. At the same time, he did it with a lot of lack of talent too. And guess what? He went out there and tried it again and, and again. So yeah, when I think about Philip Rivers, the first thing that that comes to mind is his longevity and the amount of games that he started, but also the fact that. Um, you know, these last few years, what do we think about when we first talk about the Chargers? Those last few years with the Chargers, the the first thing that comes to my mind is injuries. Like like all of his players, like a lot of the players on those teams were injured and they just got kind of an injury plague. And so he could have been, you know, a lot better. They could have gone further in the playoffs these last few years when he was with the Chargers, but it just didn't happen, and so it's kind of like a, a luck factor, you know. He can't control the fact that a lot of his guys were getting injured on those teams. So, um, but, yeah, I'm not supposed to answer my question yet. Not yet, but, Jason, I want to say about that, when you ask the question, what do you think about when you think about the Chargers, historically, in the past 15 years or so? And you think about injuries, that's correct. But I also think about how do you find ways to lose games, and they're really good at it. They're really good at finding ways to lose games. And it's defense or offense. Now, Tanner, do you remember the game of uh, 2010, I believe it was, Chiefs versus Chargers, where it was, I think, Halloween night. Phillip Rivers botched the snap on a yep. on a kneel down. I think I It was recovered by <laughs> none other than the K-State alum at the time. Gosh, what is his name? It's gonna it's airing my head right now. Are you talking about the safety? Not the safety. Not talking about the safety. It was a linebacker we had on the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. Well, if it's K-State, you're going to have a difficult time figuring out a name on this show. All right, Jason. You can say that, I suppose. Don't bring up any KU players, though. No, we don't want to go there either. We had a Hall of Famers. The the Chiefs had a linebacker from Kansas State end up recovering that fumble on a botch tap on Halloween. And it was like, how how do you lose a game in that fashion on a botch snap? type of a situation. And it was stuff like that. And it was stuff like the other games we played against the Chargers in the past where Rivers would have the ball at the very end and find ways to just lose. Or, you know, they'd had other running backs in the past just find ways to fumble the ball at the end. And they're just well known for finding ways to lose. They are are the, uh, literally the Atlanta Falcons of the AFC. It's the exact same team. They're both identical. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. They did find ways to lose, but how would you feel if your own city of San Diego kicked you out of their city? I mean, 
I mean, that's that's got to be just like totally depressing for a quarterback. Rivers never wanted to leave that place. Monte, I know he didn't want to leave. Monte Beasel. Monte Beasel. Monte Beasel. Monte Beasel. Nice. That's right. Monte Beasel. Thanks, thanks, Hammett. Was the thank you. We knew you knew Hammett. <laughs> listening in. I can't see the other laptop from over here, so I figured you'd have the answer if you're listening in. But yes, he I think was the one to recover the fumble on that situation. But just that think about that. Think ago. about that for a second, though. Would you want to spend the end of your career like that with with a city that kicked you out into another city that couldn't give a damn about you, the Los Angeles Chargers, and then, then you get sent to Indianapolis? I mean, that's – you've got to look at his numbers. So if we're doing a Hall of Fame question here, you've got to look at the numbers. Don't dive yet. I'm not diving. She's telling you. Don't dive yet into not it. Not diving. But I understand what you're saying, and it's very debatable on this topic. But here we are talking about, I'm going to give two guys props about retirement here. And the other one, as has been stated or reported, I should say, is Drew Brees played as last snap in the NFL. That has been stated by a source, and Drew Brees' career record is 172 and 114 all time. And so that's a, that's a great, great win-loss record for sure. Um, now, his totals right now is 571 for touchdowns, 243 for interceptions. He finishes currently fifth all-time passer rating of 98.7. Fifth all-time. Now, do you guys not believe, are you guys surprised by his retirement? What do you guys think about this? No, I told you on my, when we did the poll questions last month, I told you guys he was retiring because he talked about it last year. I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not surprised by it, but... What do you guys think? No, I just, I can't believe it's official. Is that, like, what? what's your source on that? Uh, we had a source from a reporter before the game, actually, this past weekend, uh, of Drew Brees that stated that, that Drew Brees was to be his last game. So, Drew Brees, uh, as far as we all know right now, is retiring. Yeah, I mean, I, before the game. I can believe that only because Philip Rivers just retired, who is younger than Drew Brees. But, you know, it's it's fun to talk about those two guys' careers because when you talk about Drew Brees, there's no question. We, we don't have to ask the question, is this guy a Hall of Famer? We already know. It's in the bag. You can mm-hmm. take it to the bank. And so, but it's, these these guys are both, in my mind, they're, they're a couple of legends. You think Rivers is a legend? Dude, he's oh, 17 years. Okay. But you have to define legend because when I look at Phillip Rivers, he's a top maybe 50 quarterback of all time, top 40. Absolutely. I agree with that. But Drew Brees is top 10. So it's two different levels, but I still think they would both have a chance. I mean, Brees, we already know, is going to be a Hall of Fame. So with your statement there, Jason, before we dive into a little bit of Chiefs and Bills, which we will hear very quickly in the next 10 minutes or so, um, I want to ask you, Point Blake, Rivers, Hall of Famer, yes or no? All three of us. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. Based on numbers and legacy alone, despite the lack of playoff wins, Rivers, to me, is a Hall of Famer. Now, I have another one for you guys. We're going to dive into this as we go down. I have have five more guys for you to talk about. And the next one is a linebacker, actually. going in. This is all guys that could be retiring this year. So I need to keep that in mind. Could be. Could be. Not officially, but most likely. Thomas Davis from the Carolina Panthers slash uh, Car- or Carolina Panthers slash uh, Chicago Bears actually came out the exact same year, I think, as Derek Johnson from the Kansas City Chiefs. 
and he finished off with 859 tackles. He had an injury-ridden, lots of ACL tears, stuff like that. He had 90 tackles for loss, 13 picks, and 18 forced fumbles. Is he a Hall of Famer in your mind, Tanner? Uh, man, I wasn't prepared for this one. So I need to look at Doesn't matter. We, we don't need his answer. I will give you yes. a definite yes. yes on this question. Yes, only, because, only because he was on my fantasy team a couple of years, and he was a tackling machine. So, I mean, so the guy I will, uh, I'll put him in the Hall of Fame all day long. So Thomas, did, yes, he was a threat with Carolina. He was the guy you did not want to go up against. Yes, I will go yes to the Hall of Fame. I'm going to go no on the Hall of Fame for Thomas Davis for myself. Uh, I think he's 37 years old. He's a very great player, uh, but I do not think he is a Hall of Fame-worthy linebacker necessarily. So basically he sucks. Is that what you're saying? No, not at all. Not at all. You know what? Average. Now let me tell you this, this next guy before I, say, before I say his name. This is very easy. Where I know you guys might be already have your ideas about what he's going to do with his future. Please don't give me a punter. That's all I ask. Um, Dustin Colquitt. Oh my gosh! He just did. <laughs> Hall of Famer, baby. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Put him in the Hall. Of Fame. Well, before I answer that, how many punters are currently in the Hall of Fame? One. One. I'd put Dustin One. in there. Okay. What What is his name? The guy that's already in there. <laughs> I I blew a point. Oh, he can't five. even say his I name. I can't play play his name right now. Okay. That's all right. Well, I'm going to give him a big fat no on that question because Ray guy, baby, Ray guy. We don't. He played for the Raiders though. Come on, guys. Ray, do, Ray got having a 48 point or 48 punt average for a. Yeah, he was ridiculous. We do not put punters in the Hall of Fame. You know why? Because there are so many other skill position players that have been snubbed over the years that are not in the Hall of Fame. So we're. I don't believe in putting punters in the Hall of Fame, period, end of story. But you guys might have different thoughts on that. No, I wasn't going to do that to you until you mentioned it, but I'm going to go ahead and do this instead. Uh, we have one player who's up in the air still. I'm just going to say this. He, let's see, has 121 touchdowns, 1,432 receptions, which is only second to Jerry Rice. Uh, his long of 18 yards in 2020 is very concerning. Let's keep that in mind. Uh, he just sold his $18 million mansion, which is the third most expensive sale in Arizona history. Man. And he's the second most in yards all time, only behind Jerry Rice. I wonder who this is. None other than Larry Fitzgerald. Is he a Hall of Famer? Mm. Yes. Absolutely. I was getting scared there for a minute. Yes. I thought you were going to say Dwayne Bowe. But since Dwayne, you said yeah, since you said Larry Fitzgerald, I mean, that's, 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 that's a, a non-issue. That's, that's a, a lock. lock. If he retires... Put him in right now. I'm not. What? Where did you get? What are you talking about, Dwayne Bowie? He's a Chiefs fan. He's a Chiefs fan. I thought he might throw Dwayne Bowie. Oh, my Lord. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Those stats doesn't make Dwayne Bowie sense. One more, which is actually, (laughs) this one to me is actually controversial, you guys. I think it actually is. Because part of me says no, part of me says yes. Because of longevity. But we have 81 touchdowns, third all-time in yards, 16,000 rushing yards on the dot. Frank Gore. Is he a Hall of Famer, yes or no? Yes. That is a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. You have to put him in the Hall of Fame. Only because I have many, many, many of his rookie cards, and I want to sell them for a high (laughs) high price. But um, other other than that, you got to look at the guy's stats. He is a baller. Yes. And so he, he's easily in. I mean, he's kind of like, to me, he's like Drew Brees. You don't even ask the question. 
You just throw him in there. Now, does it bother you that three of the last five years he's had under four yards per carry? No. No, not really, because he's old as dirt for a running back. All right, he's coming up on 37. Uh, it's pretty crazy, actually. As a running back. backs don't last that long. I mean, running he's, backs retire when they hit like 31 or something. He's actually like that. 726 yards from hitting Walter Payton, which is second all time. I don't think you can hit that. I don't think you can be on a good team and a good enough team to hit that number. You're going to put him in the Hall of Fame. You know you would. If oh, yeah, you were a voter. You got to. He's third all time in rushing yards. Third but you said time. that you were on the fence. Well, 81 touchdowns. Played on a lot of bad teams. He played on a lot like, of bad teams. He didn't do But he's third in rushing. Don't punish the player. Me? You can't punish the player because he was on bad teams. This isn't Barry Sanders. This is longevity here speaking. Man, I don't I, I still say put great Frank Gore no in there. Yes. Because he deserves it. Yes. No problem. We're putting him in. All right. And I have another one for you guys. He's 33 years old, currently playing in the NFL. Um, he's been well-known as being a shutdown. He's got 15 interceptions for his career. He's Josh Norman. In or out? Out. I'm going to say out on that just because there was a uh, kind of a severe drop-off after he got his first big contract. Yeah. And you never hear about that name anymore. I mean, nobody ever talks about Josh Norman. No. And so he was really, really great in the first few years, but then what? The, when the drop-off happened, it was just like, dude, where are you? Like, here's what happened. We, we had, like, guys like Ty Law. Then we had Dale Revis. Then we had, like, J- Champ Bailey coming in. And then all of a sudden, it was like Josh Norman was involved in that mix of guys who were, like, shut down corners. And Norman was good for, like, what, two years? Here he is. Got a good contract. Here's the thing about Josh Norman. Do you guys remember when he, like, I think he shut down – and he got into a fight with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. that yeah. one time. <laughs> and I think that he thinks in his own mind that he destroyed Odell Beckham Jr.'s career. And maybe that's all he wanted. And that's fine, but you still got to show up to work and, you know, show some skills. And mm. he just hasn't really shown that since no. that moment. I'll put it this way. He's a no for me, and he's out of this league. Yeah. I think he's done. He's, he's, done. Well, he's, done. he's done. He's yeah. done. As a corner? No, you're done. No. I think he gave up, unfortunately. I don't, I don't want to see that with these guys, but I think no. he gave up. I do have two tight ends left for, you, left for you guys, and you know how I feel about tight ends. I like them when they're young, but um, I'm going to go with <laughs> Rob <laughs> Kronkowski. Is he in or out? Let me give the numbers real quick. You have touchdowns, to? Why do you have to give the numbers? Because 86 touchdowns, Tanner. 8,484 yards, which is sixth all time for a tight end. Tanner, that is almost half of what Tony G did. Okay, first of all, um, everybody agrees with your first statement, which is we like the tight ends young, okay? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not like a hot take or anything else. We all agree with that. When I talk about Rob Gronkowski, that's to me, that's a no-brainer. Like, you put the guy in the Hall of Fame. How many rings does he have? Doesn't matter. How many rings does he have? One, two. Doesn't matter. I think he's at three, right? Oh, if you're a tight end, okay, how many rings does Tony Gonzalez have? Zero. Zero. So if you're a tight end and you have a ring, you are in the Hall of Fame. You're if you're putting up those kind of numbers. So you're a dominant tight end. You got the rings, and we got to talk about numbers? Like, come on. You know the guy's in. Gronk's in. Easy. Gronk is in. He's passed in. And by the way, I'm going to say this on the podcast. Officially, 
Uh, Travis Kelsey yards per game is 71 for his career, mm. whereas Gronk all time is second. All time, 64.8. So Travis Kelsey has six more yards per catch than any other tight end of all time. Well, neither one of those guys that you just mentioned is as good as Antonio Gates. <laughs> so I, I don't you know what the hell you're talking your about right now. You bullshit for another day, Jason. <laughs> um, Tanner, I have one Dude. more. <laughs> One more just for you, Tanner. We're playing a little game. Finish up the game here. Greg Olson. Oh, dude, yes. My is, that, is that a Hall of Famer? Yes. Why? Guy's dominant. He's been around forever. He's He's been effective on almost every team he's been on, except for his injury year this year. The guy, the guy is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with no on Greg Olson. And it's mainly just because of his position. And I know that he had a few injuries in there, but... There, there's no way that I'm putting Greg Olson in the Hall of Fame. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I honestly think that Greg Olson is Jason Witten light. I think that it's the light version of Jason Witten. He's the poor man's Jason the, Witten. The poor man's Jason Witten, absolutely. All right, and all right. So hold on now. Hold on now. What are you looking at, Tanner? So, 13 seasons. This is his 14th. So, across 13 seasons, 718 receptions, 8,440 yards, and 59 touchdowns at the end of 2000. Er, Sorry, at the end of last year. Olsen made three consecutive Pro Bowls. The guy has made a quietly Pro Football Hall of Fame resume, I'd say. I'd say he's in by far. He's out. The the numbers show he's in. He's out. I'll put him out. Yep. Put him out. Put him him out of his misery. That's what I want to do. I'd rather have Fred Arbanis than have Greg Olsen. (laughs) <laughs> are right, you guys are you done with our bullshit there I'm done with that man. all right I'm glad, I figured you liked that segment there but <laughs> it was a surprise uh as we call it surprise it was a butt surprise <laughs> all right so let's talk about Chiefs Bills gives the nitty-gritty what we're talking about today um I am very much looking forward to this we're gonna be heading over to Twin Peaks to hang out ourselves uh, if you guys want to go over here and you're local, then come join us here at come a- say hi. at the Twin Peaks in Olathe here over in Olathe, Kansas. And we'll be over there. Come say hi. Uh, join us in for our celebrations over there. Tanner will be there somewhere around halftime, I think, but I know I'll be there for a while. Um, but first and foremost, this game is not going to be easy. It's not going to be quite as easy as the Browns were looking into it uh, because Josh Allen is legitimate and he's a great quarterback as well as the fact of Stephon Diggs played at a offensive player of the year caliber type of stature this season. Uh, 127 catches end of the year, I believe. Uh, he blew up. And it was just something I expected to have happen, but their, the way that they connected, you know, quarterback to receiver, you cannot replicate that. That is only a very special thing. And um, so what do you guys think about this matchup? I'm going to ask you first. Jason, actually, what do you think about this matchup? Yeah, well, when I look at this game is, you know, you got to look at the fact that Mahomes is going to play. However, I am going to give you guys a hot take right now. And my hot take is that they don't even need Patrick Mahomes to play in this game. Because if Sammy Watkins and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire are back, you know, we understand that Mahomes is a generational talent. But we got to give credit to some of these other weapons that are on this team. They don't need Patrick Mahomes against the Buffalo Bills. 
And the reason why they don't need him is because, you know, Josh Allen didn't play very well when we when we played them in week six, okay? You look at a 26 to 17 score. Josh Allen was 14 of 27 for 122 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And so that, that's my hot take. We, we don't need Patrick Mahomes. Now, he is going to play, okay? Rest assured, I don't want you guys to get scared out there. But I'm just trying to make a point here. We do have the number one offense in the NFL, okay? We put up 415 yards per game, you know, and we're right up there at the top in points, 29.6 points per game. So I don't want you guys out there to worry about Patrick Mahomes because I do believe he is going to play. But we don't need him because I just don't believe in the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are the number 17 rush defense. So how does that play? How does that play out if you have Clyde Edwards Hilaire coming back? Not even him. What if you just have Daryl Williams, right? So Daryl Williams was 13 carries, seven, 78 yards. Uh, last week against the Browns, he had six yards per carry. So we don't even need that. But Honestly, we could just run the ball the whole game and destroy these guys. I do not believe in that Buffalo Bills uh, rush defense. They're giving up 120 yards per game. They gave up 150 yards to Baltimore, um, which was not great considering the fact that you expect Baltimore to run the ball. You already know that they're running the ball. They like to run. So overall, I just I don't believe in the rush defense. Of Buffalo. Uh, looking at the overall defense, uh, Buffalo is number 16 in the league. And what does that say to me? That is a mediocre defense. And you look at the Chiefs defense, like I've said earlier on my other podcast, the Chiefs were top seven for most of the season. So I am not worried about the Chiefs defense. Uh, Buffalo, on the other hand, you know, they give up 23, 24 points a game. Dude, their, their defense is just not that good. And so I'm not worried about this game at all. Uh, you guys can take this to the bank. I'm not going to give you my final score at this time. So we gotta, we got to save that for like, uh, what, 10 seconds later, Tanner, because I know you're ready to talk. Mike, do you want to say it or do you want me to say it? Uh, which part, Tanner? The first part. Do you want to say it or do you want me to say no, it? I want you to say it. We are winning the game with Chad freaking Henny at quarterback, all right? Yeah. Plain and simple. I agree. I love the hot take. I love the confidence. I'm the first one to give confidence. The homes went down. I was out. Hell, I was in the bathroom talking to people. And I was like, guys, this is Chad Henney with the starter. It's not Chad Henney with the backup. It's trying to pump everybody back up, right? Mm-hmm. Moods down. Guys, we're not beating Buffalo with Chad freaking Henney. No, not the whole not for a whole game. No. You can get by with a quarter. Guys, all he has to do is hand the ball off. That rushing defense sucks. Do you know who our coach Look, is, Jason? We have Andy Reid. We don't hand the ball. We're not gonna do that. We got Terry well, Kill, Clyde, Daryl Williams, and a little bit of Le'Veon, right? We got four guys that'll run the ball. But Andy Reid is smart enough to we're not let Chad okay. Henney launch the ball fifty yards and try to be Patrick no. Mahomes like he did in the last game. No, look. Andy's going to throw the ball downfield. Bannon's going to throw the ball downfield if whoever's that I mean, quarterback. It doesn't matter who's that quarterback. I think I think the Bills have some pretty crappy linebackers, which to me spells like, hey, Kelsey could have a big day again, like he always almost does. Yes. 
Uh, that's not going to be an issue whatsoever. I think they're going to have probably some corners on him. Uh, I think uh, Norman's actually what's funny. He's actually a, technically a backup at left corner. So he's not actually one of their starters he in that position because he's not been playing well at all. But no. Jadavius White will be on Terry Kill for most of the game. And that'll be the guy you want to watch that has some speed to at least somewhat keep up with Terry Yeah, Kill. look, we've we got to use our whole but offense. Here's the deal, Tanner. We need Sammy Watkins. And guess what, baby? To get open. Revenge game's about to come into play. He wasn't there for a week six game. He wasn't He wasn't there for that. you got to remember that. This is revenge game for Sammy Watkins. And this is also revenge game for the Buffalo Bills. Well, it was like a revenge game for the Bills for sure. I mean, they lost by uh, nine points last time we played them back in October, I believe. On uh, Tuesday but afternoon. Yeah, and it's one of those things that it's fine. I mean, the two best teams in the AFC, I believe. I believe the Bills are worthy of being in this situation for sure. Uh, but I think the Chiefs for sure should have the edge here on this game. Um, with a healthy Mahomes, with a healthy, a healthy Clyde, Mahomes. a healthy that's the, that's Sammy. The assumption there. I, I do believe in the revenge game factor for Sammy Watkins. Unlike the uh, Kareem Hunt revenge game that was supposed to happen. Oh, by the way, that was not a revenge game. Because it was personal. You fired yourself, <laughs> right? Nobody fired you. You fired yourself for being a stupid idiot. So, yeah, yeah, basically. No, by far. It is... I think Sammy Watkins is actually looking forward. He was pretty bummed the last time uh, we did play these guys. I, I'm i looking forward to our freaking defensive line, our defense coming out, and hopefully continuing what they did on the Browns last quarter. Uh, so if we can continue just holding drives off, getting those, getting down to the third down, convert, you know, make them try to convert the third downs on defense again. And Tyron Matthew out there freaking taking hits. Did you see the hits he was taking to help with that run game? Of course, that says Tyron Matthew. For oh him. my God, I love it. I love it. That, that's him every week. He doesn't give a damn. It's just amazing. He Honey takes, Badger, don't give a f. He takes a four hundred pound guy and gets. Freaking pancaked and gets up and starts laughing at him. So it's yeah. awesome. It's awesome. But I am not worried. We have, we do have to use our weapons in offense. This game is not going to be a guys. It's it's not going to be easy. Yeah. They're, so well, it's not going to be easy. This is a they're in a, a much game. better position than they were last time we faced them. Yeah. You know, no, none of the three of us are worried about this game. But you know what I am worried about? I'm worried about Harrison Butker. Because when I was sitting there watching that game, he could have easily blown this game with that missed extra point and that missed easy field goal. But when you look at the numbers, technically he won the game because he hit three field goals. So are you guys mad at Harrison Butker or was he just rusty? Mm, I think he was just Harrison Butker. I'm not mad. I'm just saying that's what he is. Well, for for me personally, I think he did knock off a little bit of rust. But, you know, I mean, the guy is going to show up, I think, when it counts the most. And so, but we had a conversation about this earlier in the year. And I I still maintain my same opinion on this. We got to go for two. And it doesn't have to be every single time. But Andy Reid's got to go for two a little bit more often because I don't want to sit there and put the game in Harrison Butker's hands because I just don't trust him. Yeah. Like, I trust him, like, what? What do you trust him, Mike? 75 80% of the time? But he's got to hit these easy kicks mm-hmm. that he keeps missing. I trust him like 80% of the time, yeah. 
Um, but I mean, I would say going for two, you got to be kind of strategic about when you're going for two, depending on the game circumstance. You got to also play to the game script of what you're looking at. So I think that stuff has to come into play. You can't just do it for the hell of doing it. But they do it. But they never do it though. The Pittsburgh right. Steelers used to do they, it one hundred percent of the in, time. We're not in those what, situations. The, a year or two ago, they started doing it. That's fine. The Steelers did not actually continue doing that. No. Uh, they they stopped it after a short bit. Um, and I think part of that actually comes in play about this. They're giving away too much of their red zone type of a strategy when they're going down and actually scoring touchdowns by giving away two point conversions uh, as part of their strategy of what their play calling is. I think that comes into play with why the Steelers stopped doing it and why the Chiefs also are not doing it as often as you want to them to be doing it. Correct. Yeah. That's a fair point. And uh, so what do you guys have as like the uh, final score on this game? Final score? Gosh. Um, First of man. all, let's start with who's going to win. Man. Who's going to win the game and well, we what the, do you think the final score is going to so be? So we know the Chiefs are going to win, guys, right? We're all in agreement to that. I'm going Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to win. So. Uh, I think it's going to come down to a pretty close game. I'm going to go 34-31. High-scoring, Tanner? High-scoring, high okay. but close. Yeah, so I've got 35-27, to 27, and my, my biggest point, we've already talked about this earlier, guys, it, it's not about Josh Allen, okay? He didn't put up that great of numbers the last time we played them. This is all about Stephon Diggs. If you can figure out a way to contain Stefan Diggs, we're going to win this game. That, like, it's period, end of story. Like, it's that easy. But I do have 35-27 Chiefs. I'm going to go over here with 27-24 Chiefs over Bills. And we'll be pinching our asses at the end of the game because we'll be scared to death. We'll be scared shitless at the end of this game. Mm. This will come down to a field goal. Um, and I am very much expecting that to be the case. The Bills are not a fake team by any means. This is a legitimately good team who also has good depth. Keep that in mind. I even like a couple of their backups. Like guys like Trent Murphy came from Washington as one of their defensive ends. Meanwhile, they have you know Jerry Hughes over there. Uh, Vernon Butler at all of those are D-tackles. Marion Addison. Um, I just think they have, they have good players on their squad, and I think that's going to be something to watch out for. Mm-hmm. And that receiver... You know, we talk about Diggs and all that, but uh, they have John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Diggs, and Gabriel Davis. That's a good group of guys, and, and, and Dawson Knox. These guys, guys aren't who, beat up either. Dawson Knox actually helped me uh, win a college football fantasy championship <laughs> one year, like three years ago, which is kind of funny to think about. Uh, the problem is their running game is not great, but Casey's got to come with their best uh, best. Uh, you know, pass rushers and pass coverage guys to stop these guys. So here's the other thing. Their running game sucks, Mike. And you and I talked about this earlier. Absolutely. And that's why when I say 35 to 27, I feel like I'm being conservative on this because I feel like this game has blowout potential. As you know, I just said that Chad Henney can win this game on his own. If you throw Patrick Mahomes into the mix, this has a potential to be like a 35-14 game. I, I give this game blowout potential, and I, I do believe that Patrick Mahomes is going to play. Josh Allen played like crap. Mm-hmm. That would be a first statement game, game Jason. That would be a statement. If the Chiefs go out to the AFC Championship and blow them out, I, that's a statement. statement. Well, I, I'm not necessarily 
saying blowout, but would you all agree that 35 to 14 would be a blowout? Absolutely. That, especially in the AFC Championship game. We, That's a statement. I see the potential for that. We win more by 10 points in the championship game? Yeah. It's yeah. a statement. You got to understand, like, uh, Josh Allen's never been in an AFC Championship game before in his life. And so, you know, Patrick Mahomes, if he's in there, uh, you know, Josh Allen's probably going to have a long day. I think he's going to be very nervous in this game, and I, I don't necessarily think that you're going to see the Bills' best game when they run out there. So what's, what's the current over-under in this game, do you know? It is minus three on the Chiefs' side. Now, is that before or after we know about Samuel Watkins, Clyde Ridgelaire, and Patrick Mahomes' health? That was as of three hours ago. Okay. And so let's assume we're going to have a healthy Sammy, healthy Clyde, and a healthy Pat. You're thinking that's where boom, I get that's, that's where I get, get the blowout blow potential. Okay. Okay. So that's why I was very conservative when I said 35-27. But and you're saying um, bet the game. This, yeah. Well, I'm not going to tell you guys how to bet on this game, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll we can talk well, about that well, later. But I'm just saying, if Patrick Mahomes plays and all these other guys like Ceh and Sammy Watkins play. The Buffalo Bills could be in for a very long, hard day. So if you do want to bet, bet now rather than wait till yes. Sunday. Yes, do not wait until all of these guys are active. Good okay. point, good point. Hey, okay. uh, real quick, guys, from uh, from comments real quick that we've had out of Facebook here. Uh, we got Hammett saying, Grayson, you better show up. Uh, we got Tim. Uh, apparently, they think that we're afraid of playing them. Uh, dad? Dad. Dad and mom. Afraid of playing dad and mom. Yeah. All right, Tim, we're not going to give you the time of day because we're not worried about you because we're the best ping pong players around. Uh, and then Hammond again says, the big thing to watch is Allen trying to run with the ball. He has pro- uh, propensity to fumble while scrambling. I saw it a lot this year because he fumbled every other game for my fantasy team this that? year. Hammond. Okay. So, yeah, that is true. He well, actually did fumble a few times on scrambling. That did hurt them in the game this year. Yes, yes. He does have a propensity to fumble the ball, but the bigger problem is, like, he is the the best runner on that team, I would say. I mean, I mean at this point, they have a crappy here's, running here's game. The here's the thing. They had Zach Moss on their on their team at halfback, and they had Devin Singletary on that team as well. These are two guys we're seeing both of here coming in this weekend to Arrowhead, and I'm a fan of Devin Singletary. He's a little short and stocky mm-hmm. kind of dude, but he's actually a good runner. Uh, but this year in particular, he's been less than effective compared to the previous year. Zach Moss, also same kind of thing. He's not producing as what they would like. Um, I think what's cool and what's interesting about the Chiefs dynamic is this. We have Darrell Williams who put up, uh, like what was it, uh, how many rushes for 90 yards or something like was that? Uh, Darrell Williams beat us had our third string running back. It's like, I thought it was like 9 or 11 or something like that. Yes, Daryl Williams was 13 rushes for 78 yards, which is 6.0 yards per carry. Very impressive. Yeah, very, very good. And that's one thing about Daryl is that he's just kind of one of those downhill, straight-line kind of running backs that just for whatever reason, he's just good at it. Or meanwhile, we have other running backs like Le'Veon Bell, who kind of he does dance around a little bit more in the backfield, and that may be something that doesn't necessarily fit our offense in the running game more than he fits our offense in the passing game. Clyde Edwards Edler, meanwhile, does both very, very well, I think, in our yeah. system. Um, but let's, let's hope we have all three of those guys ready to go. 
Because I think if that's if that's if we have all three of those guys as well as adding Sammy Watkins, I mean, how are you going to stop that? So uh, Hammett just wants to point out that it's funny Mike is wearing a Texas Tech T-shirt because Buffalo's classic is like classic Tech and how much they throw and refuse to run. Classic Tech. I'm wearing this in in representation of Patrick Mahomes, as we all know. Um, I became a, a secondary a Texas fake Tech fan. fan. Sorry, I'm. Go uh, ahead. Hey, I, I, yeah, no, he's, he's bringing up uh, a good point, though. Like, he's saying that Buffalo refuses yeah. to run. Well, I'm going to tell you that right now. That's a big problem. That's you cannot refuse to run against the Chiefs. Correct. That's or our, this game is going to be over. That's you history. have to establish the run or your your season is over. Exactly. You make yourself one-dimensional against the Chiefs, that's a problem. All right, you guys ready to dive into a new topic real quick? And then we'll jump back into more things. My new topic is this. Surprise topic for both of you guys. Oh, boy. Is Deshaun Watson. It's a surprise topic because I want us to actually think about the idea that Deshaun Watson wants to leave over there in Houston. Uh, That whole organization has become a mess. And I know myself, even if I was in that situation, yeah, they drafted me. uh, But I would not want to be involved in that, what they got going on over there. Uh, So the idea is this, is that... I want to point out a couple things to you guys. Deshaun Watson is second all-time in quarterback passer rating. You guys realize that? Yeah. The only guy he's behind is Patrick Mahomes. Literally, if you take all their careers and within like a minimum of, I think, 45 career starts, he's second all-time in passer rating. Um, he's 28 and 25 career record. So nearly 500 career record. So you got a guy who's doing this much in his passer rating but his record is nearly 500, so he's not winning nearly as much as he deserves to be winning. And meanwhile, he's got a 140-104 touchdown to 36 touchdown-interception ratio. Um, so this is a really good quarterback who's looking and wanting to be on the move. Meanwhile, he just signed a damn contract for four years, a $156 million deal one year ago. This is an issue. Uh, the problem is with the Texans is this. They're losing all their talent. He's been sacked 174 times so far in his career altogether within four years of playing and only getting worse as time goes on. Um, and here we are wondering, like, what's when's, when are they going to get better? He wanted to have input on the coach that they hired in Houston. They got told. He got told he would have input. He got told. He, he got wanted told from McNair himself. Exactly. He would have Thank input. You. He got told he had input. He wanted to have input. And here we are sitting here now where he's wanting to have input some more into the organization because he is the face of their franchise. But here we, here we all of a sudden hear about rumors about how he's not returning calls anymore, not answering calls from Houston Texans. He just doesn't want anything to do with them. And so he's be traded. So, my point of bringing this up is this. Where, if anywhere, would Deshaun Watson end up if the Texans decided they wanted to get rid of him? I have five names I want to bring out and what your thoughts are on this. Think about this. Like, as I said, this is the guy with the second highest passer rating of all time in the NFL currently. My number one team I want to mention. 49ers. Is that a good fit? 49ers? Nope. No. Not a good fit? All right. Hold on. Hold on. 
if you're thinking fit, not really a trade, like it's a trade partner, just as a fit as a team. Yeah, him with Shanahan, I'm in. What's what I mean? Take the take those two things combined, and as a trade partner for a fit for where Watson would succeed. No, and a team it, that also wants. It, it. I mean, it doesn't really matter with the 49ers because they're never going to get rid of Garoppolo. No, I mean, they're, they're going to hold on to Garoppolo, so that's not going to happen. They got to give up key pieces on their defense. They got to keep. You know, they just got they're building a great team. They got injured. Uh, they had horrible season with injuries. That means they're losing a lot of pieces and a lot of draft picks. No, it's not a good fit. It's a great fit for Deshaun, but not for the Texans. That's the case. My next team is the Carolina Panthers. See, this one boggles me. This one boggles me. Why are you just signing Teddy and then next year you want to go out and trade a bunch of picks? Maybe Teddy was their bridge. uh, (laughs) (laughs) To their next waters. You know what I'm saying? No, like... I. No, absolutely no, not. I'm no. not going with the Panther, Panthers no. because, you know, we're looking for an ideal situation. If you're sitting in Des- Deshaun Watson's shoes, you want the ideal situation. And uh, the Panthers, you know, they don't have enough pieces to win right now. i got two of those coming up in just a minute here. Um, now, I agree, but uh, what do you think about the Jets? <laughs> Richard Sherman said the Jets where he should go. Hmm. Do we ruin him now or later? Well, first of all, Richard Sherman just said, get the hell out of there. He didn't, I mean, I know he said go to the Jets, but the best part of his advice was get the hell out of there. Out of there, which means Houston. Out of there, which is Houston. But going to the Jets does not fix your problems, Jason. Absolutely not. And he did mention the first place I'd go was the Jets. And and I do believe, I I do believe that Deshaun Watson is smart enough to not even entertain that. And, you know, at some point, oh, you know, I, I know that money talks, but we're talking about a guy that was in the same draft with Patrick Mahomes. And I, I just don't see it. I mean, I know they can throw a lot of money at him, but gosh, if, if Deshaun Watson is listening to this program, please do not go to the Jets. No. I, because you will, you will help your career if you go to a, a place that's going to help you. I'm pretty sure Darnold's the only like first round pick in the last ten years that's still even there past their rookie contract. Just so you guys know, no, don't go to the Jets. It's gonna be even worse than what you're getting in Houston right now. All right, we have two more. I want to ask you guys about. Next one is replacement for Drew Brees in the New Orleans Saints. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like that fit. I do. Weapons. I think Watson and New Orleans would be a great. Sean trade. Payton with a young running you quarterback. Think- Peyton needs to like load up on his draft. Whatever he can do, get enough picks to pay. I'm in. Into giving the Texans what they want. Just give it. Get, to go get Watson. I'd be up for it. Yes, I am absolutely in on that. And if I'm speaking to the Saints right now, just give up the farm. Give up the farm because you know you guys already have a great defense. So they got studs on defense. All you need is a quarterback to replace Drew Brees, and uh, that could take them to the promised land. Do it. Do a quarterback right like now. Deshaun Watson, who's in his prime, and who's second all-time in passer rating. Uh, why like, not? The guy led the league in passing this year. Yes, and yards. on on a Houston team, guys, on a horrible Houston team without DeAndre Hopkins. Give exactly. up the farm. Like, his head coach farm. got fired week four, week five. Like. Yeah. Seriously, this you 
You're not willing to give up three first-round picks for this guy that's going to lead you? Find a way to do it. Oh, man. I, I still my next one and final four. one on my list, anyways, is the Pittsburgh Steelers if they got rid of Big Ben. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm up for it. Mike Tomlin? Yep. I'm exactly. in. I love it. Give them a good coach. Then you get rid of those TikTok receivers, but I'll, I'll take them with Mike Tomlin. TikTok all receivers. You don't like Juju? No, they can't catch a damn ball. So I'm, okay. I'm out. No. Well, well, I do like that. I do. I, I do like the Steelers, but was that the last team that you were going to bring up? I hope you have one more for me, if you would. Okay. Because I, I've got to go with the uh, Indianapolis Colts because, mm-hmm. okay. as we just talked about, the Saints lost a future Hall of Famer. And Drew Brees, but the uh, Colts also lost a potential future Hall of Famer in Philip Rivers, and I just like the team that that is already there. I, I like the fact that they just got they've got players that they can build around uh, Deshaun Watson, and so I, I guess that would be my top two choices: would be the Saints and the Indianapolis Colts. Jason, you read my mind. You read my mind. No reason why the Colts should not give up. Hell, here's here's three first rounds and a second rounder. Give them the farm. Okay. That's what we say on the show. That's all you need? Farm. All right, man. We're good then. First of all, they have a great offensive line. They have yes. They talent on the line. Can you imagine? They can maintain that. I think can you imagine Watson, Watson behind a freaking line. good line? They never had that. I can catch? He's never once experienced that. And so that would be his first time ever getting It's the same thing that we said when we wanted the Nets to get James Harden. Give up the farm. That's all you got to do. It's a very simple game. Just give up the farm. Oh my lord! Oh my lord! Hey, real quick, guys. I I do I, I do real quick want to hear your thoughts on the situation. Are you? How do you guys feel about it, real quick? Like like on the whole Deshaun Watson. Are you upset at Watson? Are you upset at Houston? Or do you care at all? I'm upset with Houston for not holding up their end of the bargain. If that's the case, because obviously it was a situation where. Watson, if he's the face of your franchise, he's the quarterback. Yeah. Imagine Kansas City not going to Patrick Mahomes before they hire their new quarterback, or new head coach, I mean. Or even GM, for that matter. GM. Say, say they're getting a new GM. You go to your face of your franchise, who is, in your mind, or supposed to be in your mind, Deshaun Watson, or in the Kansas City Chiefs' mind, Patrick Mahomes, and you're starting over new within your, your tenure of coaching staff or your manager role position, you go to make sure your quarterbacks are happy. Because at the end of the day, that's your guy. That's your face. You want to make sure he's happy with what he's getting. Imagine Peyton Manning uh, you know, just you know, overriding anything he had to say. No, the guy plays the game. You want him to be happy because he's the one that produces at the end of the day. And so I think that's the, at the end of the day that matters is uh, for Deshaun Watson, he feels honestly cheated. Very cheated out. I mean, undermined a little bit uh, because he was agreed upon to have input on who the next coach would be. Yeah, well, I'm you, a fan of what Watson has to think of this. Yeah, and that, that's the thing about Deshaun Watson is like you're, you're young, you've got your whole career ahead of you, and you're always going to be compared to Patrick Mahomes. And so you've got to put yourself in the best situation because who knows how many, you know, you're, you're going to get a couple more good contracts after this, most likely, and so you know, sitting sitting in in his shoes, you know, having the fact that you're always going to be compared to Patrick Mahomes, doesn't that motivate you as a player? What do you guys think about that? Like, yeah, you're in the same draft class. 
you're neck and neck each year in the passing yards, touchdowns, all that. Yeah, you're, you want to be – you want to have a good setup. And that's my point. That's why I say there's no way in hell he's going to the Jets. No, you're not going to the Jets. I'll put it this way real quick, Tanner. I'd be more mad if Watson wasn't upset because at the end of the day, Watson's going to do contract, right? Yeah. He could sit there, shut his mouth, and not give a damn and just take his money. Watson cares about winning. Watson does want to win. He wants to be, have a legacy. He's 28-25 all-time career win-loss type record. Who gives a shit about that record? That's a shitty record. No one shit gives a team. damn about that. He wants to be a winner. He wants to win a championship at some point or at least be given the opportunity to do so. That's and correct. So he's the, not having an input on who the coach is or who the manager even is of running that whole organization. He wants out. He doesn't want to deal with it. He doesn't want to deal with con. You know the 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 things that are going to be coming along with it. He wants to be helping in the input because he knows he can be an influence on the entire team as being a franchise quarterback, and that is something I admire about him. He should be wanting to leave. I'm not going to lie. He should be wanting to leave that organization. Craig, so Randy Moss is the best. The shut-up-and-play era is over. Correct. Shut-up-and-play era is over. Now, this is not the NBA, guys. This is not freaking James Harden over here saying, Send me to the winner. You know, I'm not playing for you. I'm not playing for you. That's not the case. Watson is upset for reasons. Like, legit reason of unpromised staff from his owner, from the, from the freaking owner of the team. I'm in for Watson. I hope he gets the best of the situation. Because when you, J.J. Watt is asking for a trade, then there's an issue with your franchise. Yes, and the, the bottom line is that Houston is a dumpster fire right now. So you got to get. I mean, if you're a decent player, you got to get the heck out of there. Yeah. Like uh, Richard Richard Sherman was you, saying, you, you freaking sign the contract, then your number one receiver gets traded by your freaking GM head coach. Then your GM head coach gets fired week four or five. What's like? What's left? You lead the league. You lead the league in passing. Well, lead the league from, in passing. They went from Bill O'Brien to Romeo Cornell, and so at that point, you're just like. Hey, it's, I want some say into what's going to be going on with the future of my life. Yeah. As the That's all he was asking for. He wasn't even asking to make the decision. He just wants to be part of the process. Let mm-hmm. him make his input, and, you know, if they run with his input, great. He wasn't even asking for the control. He just wanted part of the process. And if you can't do that to a guy that's willing, actually willing to help lead the team and change the team's atmosphere, the culture, to a winning, you don't deserve him. I agree. I agree. Glad we got to go down our Deshaun Watson question there for a minute because I felt pretty heavy about that actually myself mm-hmm. as I looked into more of the situation and I'm totally on his side about this. By far. Um, as I think so, uh, I'm, doing, I'm going to skip over something real quick because we're going to hit this on the back end, I think, of our discussion. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, Bucks and Packs preview, actually. But first and foremost, uh, I. Do you guys have anything tonight, as far as the NBA goes, that you guys saw that was interesting to you? Yeah, I mean, we can go over the NBA right now. I'm looking at a final score of 147 to 135. The Brooklyn Nets actually lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers. This was uh, Kyrie Irving's first game back after a long time of being out. And when you guys hear this box score, you're not going to believe it, that the Nets actually lost this game. <laughs> Um, KD basically shot 50%, 38 points. And Kyrie Irving 
15 of 28, better than 50% from the field. 37 points, guys. Kyrie Irving, first game back, 37 points. Kevin Durant, 38 points. James Harden, what happened to him? Well, he played 51 minutes because it was a double overtime game. So James Harden actually played 51 minutes, only scored 21 points. And he did not actually have a bad shooting game. He was 6 of 14 from the field, 3 of 6 from downtown. He had 10 rebounds and 12 assists. What does that say? Oh, yeah. By the way, James Harden had a triple-double, guys. What the heck happened in this game? Well, I'm going to tell you right that now, this, this was an anomaly, right? So you're sitting there as the Cleveland Cavaliers, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, my gosh, Kyrie Irving's coming back. What am I going to do with myself? And uh, what happened is Cleveland Cavaliers showed up. And let's be honest right now, Cleveland is not a good team. They're not going to be a contender. Uh, they might make the playoffs if they're lucky, but they just took the Brooklyn Nets to a double overtime game in Kyrie Irving's first game back when Kyrie Irving blew up, Kevin Durant blew up, James Harden had 21 uh, with a triple-double. So the big three actually blew up. Now, what am I looking at when, as far as what went wrong in this game? Well, Joe Harris... In the first two games after they acquired James Harden, Joe Harris was putting up 17 and 20 points a game. Okay, in this particular game, Joe Harris shot 2 of 10 from the field, 2 of 7 from downtown, and only had 6 points in the game. So this was kind of an anomaly game for me because, as I told you guys last week, uh, the Nets, they've got the best five starters in the NBA right now. And when Joe Harris is hitting all those shots, by the way, he shoots 43% for his career. And all of a sudden, you've got a big three on the Brooklyn Nets. What do you think you're going to be doing if you're Joe Harris? Yeah, you're going to be wide open every, almost every single shot that you take. So this was an anomaly game for him. It went to double overtime. This game should have never gone to overtime because if Joe Harris would have just gone 3 of 10 instead of 2 of 10, this game would have been over. So don't take too much stock into this game, guys. It was a, a double overtime game. Cleveland Cavs, 147-135, the Nets. Don't worry about it. Nets are still going to the finals. I'm looking at the Bovada odds right now. So you look at Bovada. They've got the L.A. Lakers at plus 240 and Brooklyn plus 300. What does that mean? That means both of those guys are going to the finals, and either one of them could make it to the championship or could win the championship. So I want to know you guys' thoughts, uh, Tanner and Mike, what do you think about the new-look Brooklyn Nets? Do you think they are the favorites to win the title? Because when I look at James Harden, his first game versus the Orlando Magic, he had 32, 12, and 14. Just think about that for a second. That's ridiculous. What did Durant have? That's ridiculous. 32, 12, and 14. Durant had 42 points. Okay, 
Joe Harris was four of nine from three-point land with 17 points. And his second game, James Harden's second game versus the Milwaukee Bucks, Mm -hmm. who a lot of people think are going to the finals. Oh, yeah, James Harden put up 34, 6, and 12. KD had 30 points. And Joe Harris had 20 points, right? So in my mind, Joe Harris is the fourth best player on this team. Correct. So if he's putting up 17 to 20 points a game, and in that particular game against the Bucks, he shot five of seven from three. Uh, what do you guys think is going to happen? Because to me, you can take this to the bank. The Nets are going to be in the finals. All right, real quick for you. The reason also the Cleveland Cavaliers won Colin Sexton decided to show up today and score 42 freaking points. So, there's that for you as well. Rock on, Sexton. Anyway, so, are the Nets going to be in the finals? Are we talking about the Brooklyn Nets in the finals? Only if they can uh, uh, mesh up well enough, I think. They have to get through uh, that struggle here. Luckily, it's early in the season still. But if they can mesh up, they got team chemistry with Irving. Uh, coming back here, Kyle Irving coming back, I think the Nets can make it to the finals. Yeah, so Kyrie Irving is back. And Ooh. my question to you guys, and my my question is like, you know, everybody's complaining about the defense. Who's going to stop them? And honestly, when I look at the roster, it doesn't even matter. Like we, we said that Kyrie was sitting out for a long period of time. And I said to myself, like, who cares? They don't need him. If you got KD... And James Harden, they don't need Kyrie. They're going to put up like 120 points a game. Trade them. And so I'm saying that even though I do believe that Kyrie will be there and that he is going to fit in well into that offense, they don't even need him. So what do you think about that, Mike? Do you think the Nets are going to the finals? Absolutely. I don't don't know why Tanner's even questioning it right now because that currently is the super team of the NBA. Um, I know we've seen it in the past with the Golden State I think the Lakers have at times been a super team as well. Uh, I think that Harden and Durant combined is enough alone to get them to where they need to be. I know you like Joe Harris, but uh, Kyrie Irving, to add to the mix, is ideal. I mean, I think that that guy puts them over the top to where they are there in the finals. The only question would be, who's a competitor? Who's going to stop them from where they need to be going? And who's going to stop them from winning the championship? Because I think that is the best team. What do you guys think about Spencer Dinwiddie? What do you guys think about that guy? Well, right now he's injured. So, how long? But, well, he's he's, he's, he's going to be out for a while. Yeah. We'll be back but, championship? I guess. That's I do believe that's he would be back. He should be back. So that's, that's what, what you always need. I mean, you always got to have a, a backup point guard to throw into the mix. But right now, guys, the mainstream media is saying that Nobody's going to play defense on that team. There's three so, teams, guys. Do, There's do, three teams. Right. So do we even think it matters? When you're putting up 120, 125 points a game, you shouldn't have to play defense. But I will say that one thing that uh, the uh, Nets remind me of is the Kansas City Chiefs. Because, you know, in the midst of, like, say, the second and third quarter, you might look at – you might be watching the game and say, oh, their defense is not very good right now. But they always step up at the end of the game. So the Chiefs' defense, I do believe, you know, when it comes crunch time, they're going to step up at the end of the game. And I I think the same way about the uh, Nets. They've got a good rim protector in DeAndre Jordan. They've got Kevin Durant, 
who is going to play defense and protect the rim when he wants to, meaning the end of the game. If they're playing a team by the name of, oh, I don't know, maybe the Los Angeles Lakers, he might step up and protect the rim and play defense. They got Bruce Brown. He's a good defender. But I look at KD. He's very similar to LeBron in that both of those guys, they like to play defense in crunch time. Um, And so you might say, oh, you know, LeBron is getting too old. KD is too old. They don't play defense. But, you know, LeBron's 36. KD's 32. Both of these guys, when it's crunch time, uh, they're going to play some defense. And so I do believe in KD. And I do believe in DeAndre Jordan. He's only 32 years old. And the bottom line for me is if the Nets can average 120 to 125 points per game for the season, the defense is not going to matter that much, guys, especially in the regular season. The only time that defense is going to matter is in the playoffs and in the finals. And I do believe the Nets, they've got what it takes. They are going to step up in defense. And if they do play the L.A. Lakers in the finals, then I do believe they are going to get stops when they need it. So what do you guys think about that? Do you think the Nets need to play defense or do you think they have the, the, the necessary parts to play defense when it when it matters at the end of the game? I don't think they can play defense at all, to be honest with you. Uh, there's two teams, though, that they need to play defense against, but they also need to score like crazy, as they usually would. Uh, Philadelphia, 76ers, guys. It's first place in the in the conference right now at 10 and 5. They just beat up on Boston, who was 7 and 3 their last 10, without Jason Tatum. Reminds you that. And it was a pretty close game in that one. So there's those two teams. I'm not worried about the Bucks really in this conference. I think in the end, they're going to have the same result they have last year. It's going to come down to Giannis, and Giannis isn't going to be able to finish. So I think that I think it goes. If anybody's going to stop the Nets in this conference, 76ers, Boston, as long as those two stay healthy. Yeah, I, I appreciate the fact that you're bringing up the Sixers, but uh, my problem is is that uh, Ben Simmons can't shoot. So what do you say about that, Mike? Do you think uh, the Nets are going to play defense this year, or does it even matter? Say I think it Rivers. does matter. I think it does matter for sure. Uh, I think when it comes down to the stretch of the season, as we know. Going down, I mean, you can win 70 games, right, by just scoring points, right? But it gets them on the playoffs and the championship. I think this one is going to be coming more of a relevant situation coming into June uh, as far as that's when the playoffs or the championships, I should say, start. Um, and I do think that they have enough talent as of right now with, with Durant and Kyrie Irving and uh, James Harden. Those are the guys you want to have on your team to be pushing forward as well as Jeff Green. But I think that those are guys, if you're looking for, to carry you to the way, but not finish you off. I think once you get there, you got to have some defense. Why? And this is the defense. This is the team that could want to add even another piece as time goes on, I think. Well, I, I will say this, Tanner. I appreciate the fact that you also brought up the, the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> so my next question to you guys is, are you buying or selling that the Bucks are going to make it to the finals. Selling Nets, selling all day, selling all day, man. I, if I'm the Bucks, you think they're going to make it to the finals? If I'm the Bucks, I ride with what I got. Ride, ride with what you got. But do you think they'll make it to the finals over the Nets? Uh, no. Heck, no. That's not going to happen. You no. know why? As we know, Giannis Antetokounmpo is a beast, but 
the problem I have with them is that when they were playing the Nets in that last game, they weren't even running plays for him in crunch time. They were running plays for Middleton. And so when you look at the Bucks' big three, I, I kind of look at that as a poor man's L.A. Lakers big three, right? So you got Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Drew Holiday. I mean, if you're sitting there throwing to the ball, throwing the ball to Chris Middleton in crunch time when Giannis is your superstar player, uh, that that does not sm- that does not spell Success. NBA Finals for me. No, no, that spells repeat repeat of what happened last year in the playoffs. Unfortunately, it's what the case is. I love the Drew Holiday pickup, by the way. I love that free agent signing for them, but they need a lot more pieces to go around Giannis. Yeah, and that's my problem with the Bucks is that they've yeah they've got so many good defenders on that team. So many, like they're but, a great defensive team, but they but can't when score. You, but when you play the Nets, you're not going to be able to stop any no. of those guys. You could be, you know, they, like I said, Drew Holiday, Giannis. Those guys are great defenders, but that's against the rest of the league. You throw them up against the big three of the Nets, they're not going to be able to stop anybody. So. I mean, my whole point in this whole conversation is that I do believe that the Brooklyn Nets big three is going to seem like a big four because Joe Harris, he's going to be shooting wide open. He shoots 43% for his career. And now all of a sudden you've got Kyrie, KD, and James Harden on your team. Do you really think that guy is ever going to see a hand in his face? No, he never will. He's going to average like 15 to 20 points a game. And that's why I call these guys a big four, because Joe Harris is a sharpshooter. And so they may have uh, the, I mean, Joe Harris might have the worst defender every single game they play. Joe Harris have the worst defender on the team guarding him, and he'll hit wide open threes. So uh, Yeah, real quick, too. Uh, man, I was going to say, do you know why they built this team? You know why James Harden came to that team? Because they got to stop the king, baby. They gotta stop the king. We'll see you in the finals. Yeah, Tanner, we know that. But here's the thing: we 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 also know that the NBA is gonna be going on for another six freaking months. Correct? Yeah, yeah, about six. Okay, about four, four to six months. Well, we have a lot more to talk about that as time goes on here on the Sports Buffoons. And um, you guys have one more thing to say about this? No, man. To me, I mean, it's not about. I mean, you're gonna see the Lakers and Nets in the finals. We all know this. But it's like like I talked about in my previous podcast, the Lakers have the best roster. But if you're talking about the best three or the best five players that we can throw on the court five. at any given time, um, I'm taking the Nets all day long. But they have to stay healthy. If Kyrie gets injured again, that's a different game. I don't think Kyrie's he, the issue, though. I think if Kyrie gets injured, it's not a big deal. I think it's if James or Kevin get injured, then you're looking at a huge issue on the team right now. Yeah, it's a huge issue, but... I still think if they stay healthy, this is a no-brainer for me. The Nets are going to win the championship. But if they're not healthy, uh, you give me the Lakers all day long because they've got 11 rotational players. They roll 11 deep. Yeah, I don't bet the, I don't bet against the Keen. So, Keen wins. All right, you guys. We have to kick back into NFL playoff discussion real quick. Um, as you guys know, we have a total of three NFL games left of this entire season. It means three football games left until August. August for you guys, which means, like, preseasons, which we don't really give a fuck about, which we do, but we don't. You know what I mean? Um, so what I'm going to say is this. This is an important game. 
This is an important game, just as much as important it is for the Chiefs and Bills game. This is the Bucks versus Packers game going on before the Kansas City Chiefs go on the field at 2.05 p.m. Central Time, those of you listening. Um, and now, keep in mind, the Buccaneers already defeated the Packers once this year. Um, and I don't understand why the spread is so heavily favored in favor of Green Bay. I do get it because Rodgers is playing on fire. Packers have a good defense. Um, but I did want to read you guys real quick before you guys respond to me. Ten reasons the Bucks beat the Packers. This comes from the Tampa Bay Tribune. Reason number one, the best run defense the past two seasons combined. Number one last year and number one year before. Fair. Best run defense. Fair. Okay, so Aaron Jones might meet, might be negated. That's a good reason, I suppose. I should You should say that. Fair. Uh, Jer Alexander can't cover everyone. Basically, the Packers cornerback, who we all know very well by now, came from, I believe, Oklahoma. Uh, he's, he's he's not able to cover everyone. I mean, that's just that's fine, I guess. We, he, they have a star player, and I guess that's one of their reasons. But number three, Brady's better than Rodgers. Do you agree with this? Mm, yeah, I guess. We'll get to that later. I uh, know. I thought the same thing. Maybe. Um, number four, uh, eight and six in games, let's see, with one or more turnovers, not sustainable. So basically, the Packers this year were like undefeated in games where they didn't turn the ball over, or in the past two years or whatever, where in games where they do turn the ball over one or more times, they're eight and six. And so they're saying that's not sustainable because Tampa Bay will turn the ball over. That's one of the reasons. Okay, I shrug my shoulders once again. Number five, Bucks Young Secondary is their fifth excuse. That was literally their excuse. The Bucks' young secondary. <laughs> JG is going to go leave and use the restroom, I believe, because he's sick of this bullshit. <laughs> um, number six. It's a pretty bad list. Um, running the ball more. Because now Tampa Bay is running the ball more, Tanner. They went from passing a lot, and now they're running the ball more with Fournette and Ronald Jones. Fair. That's Fair. now a new excuse for why they're going to win. Fair. Number seven was Packers' defense lacks pressure. Which, at the time, they were like 29th in, pre- in pressure and sacks when they played back in October earlier in this year. And apparently the Packers have figured themselves this, out a little bit. Yeah, I'm like, this wasn't that bad. Um, but that was based on their, from October. Okay. Um, number eight, the Bucks can make field goals now. Ryan Suckup, who we all know, hey, uh, 35 and 38 on his field goals this year. So that's one of the reasons, Tanner, that they could win is Ryan Suckup is now part of their team. Yeah. At 35 and 38 for field goals. Number nine, Tanner. Devin White, the linebacker. That's why they'll win. Because he's healthy. That's one of the reasons they're going to win. That's fair. Okay. Number 10 is this. The Lightning won the Stanley Cup, Tanner. The Rays reached game six of... The World Series, so now it's the Bucks' turn to make the trifecta. Yeah, they reached the AFC National or the NFC uh, National right. Championship game. Correct. That is the list of reasons that we guys read off from the Tampa Bay Tribune out there. 
down at Florida. So what's your pick? Um, Who are you picking in this game? It sounds like a lot of dog <laughs> shit going on out there. Uh, they're looking for they're reaching and screeching for anything they can fucking handle. Um, anyways, what do you guys have to say about this game? Anything particular that wants to stand out to you? Or I'll do picks when you're done talking. Yeah, that's a close game, guys. I mean, when I compare defenses, I mean, and offense, honestly, I mean, they're they're very close. I mean, Tampa Bay on defense, they give up 327 yards per game. Green Bay's 334. It's very close. Offensively, they're very similar in the amount of points per game that they put up. Uh, the one thing that jumped out at me a little bit is the fact that uh, Pro Football Focus, they had Tampa Bay as the number eighth best pass rush in the NFL. Green Bay was number 15, which is considered slightly above average. And so the thing that I'm looking about in this game is that if Tampa Bay can actually get to Aaron Rodgers, um, that might have an impact in this game to a certain extent. But honestly, overall, this is a battle of wills, guys. You got a 43-year-old Tom Brady going up against Aaron Rodgers. So this is what it comes down to. You've got the GOAT versus a guy that's won one Super Bowl. He's trying to get to his second Super Bowl. And so Brady, he's not going into this game thinking that his legacy is cemented. And he's not thinking, oh, if I just win the NFC Championship game, then that's going to make my career even better. No, he wants to win another Super Bowl. Okay, so and I'm not saying Tom Brady is looking past this game, but I I don't want you guys to think that, you know, he's sitting there thinking to himself, oh, look at all these rings I have. I don't even have to show up to this game. That's not going to happen. This guy is chasing the ghost. And I read an article on this one time. He is chasing the ghost of Michael Jordan, you know, because Jordan had six rings. Brady wants to get to a seventh ring. So we're, we're not talking about the goat of the NFL right now. He, this guy is chasing the ghost of Michael Jordan. He wants to have more rings than Michael Jordan. He wants to be the goat of all sports. And so this, if he can just win this game, and you guys can give me your opinion on this. In my opinion, if he just wins this NFC Championship game, it's going to cap off an amazing career as the GOAT. And I, I, I do believe that he is going to lose if they win this game. He is going to lose in the Super Bowl. But what an amazing way to cap off his legacy. If he could just switch teams at the drop of a hat, go to the Bucks. And win an NFC Championship game. What? I do have the Bucks winning this game, so I've got thirty-one twenty-seven bucks. Pulling a Brett Favre what? almost. Why did you say cap off? Like he's going to retire or something? Well, I, I I think he should retire. He's freaking forty-three years old. He died like three years ago, dude. Yeah, he retire No, I don't think he he should retire. But you know, I'm not sitting there next year expecting him to. You know, look like he was when he was in his prime. I mean, I'm talking about prime Tom Brady. But he's 43. So I'm not saying he's going to quit. I'm not saying he's going to quit. But, you know, he thinks of himself right now. I mean, he he thinks of himself as being prime Tom Brady. And if he wins this NFC championship game, like he's going to another Super Super Bowl, guys. The guy's still playing, regardless of what happens in this game. 3127 bucks. That's my final answer. That's the final. All right. Real quick, guys. 
It's a guy named Aaron Rodgers. He's playing an MVP season like he did back when they won the Super Bowl. This guy's unreal. The defense is showing up late the season as they did last week against the crappy Rams. But they, they did what they needed to do. Devontae Adams, the Lizard King, they're all rolling, baby. I have no worries about this. Jamal Williams is running. I, I'm loving it. I'm loving this Packers team. Now, you got Tom Brady, who just beat the Saints after they got stopped twice by the Saints. Tom Brady? Guys, this guy is the GOAT, and he is nobody to mess with. And Aaron Rodgers knows this. Aaron Rodgers knows this. I have no worries. Sorry. Back up here. Packers should worry about that side of the ball. Outside of that, I'm not worried about the Buccaneers' defense. Aaron Rodgers can play his game. Best O-line in the freaking game right now. They held Aaron Donald in check. Packers win. Uh, I am going 42 to 30, 31. Packers. Wow. Um, I'll put it this way. Tanner. Carlton Davis has a pick six. And Aaron Jones has 60 yards total on the ground. Tom Brady has three touchdowns. Ronald Jones has two. You're talking about week six. Wait, was there enough those numbers? Are you talking about week six? My point is this. In the snow, in Green Bay. It's going to be cold as hell, too. 20 degree weather. Tom Brady defeats Aaron Rodgers. Score is this. 31, Jason J.G., 28. You, did you just pick the Bucks? <laughs> did pick the he tricked me. The Bucks. <laughs> he was telling me all day long he was going to pick the I Packers. I picked the Bucks. That was a surprise, guys. Uh, real quick, fun fact. Fun fact about this week. Week six, the Buccaneers defeated the Packers. Week six, the Chiefs beat the Bills. These are two week six matchups happening again. Just wow. so you guys know. So repeats. So it's repeats of literally the same. I like that. That's, that's kind of funny, actually. So yeah, kind of a cool deal. Way. Oh, you guys, we've been on for a long freaking time tonight. I don't have no idea how long we've been on for, but it's been You don't want to know, baby. I have no idea. I don't want to know. I'm probably going to be mad when I see the end of this recording. I have some editing to do tonight for you guys. But um, uh, as far as our topics, do you guys have anything else you want to add? For topics-wise, no, I got nothing. No, I just I can't believe you said that's going to be a snow game. Do you know the forecast of that? Is, Was it a snow game? Is it going to be another Tom Brady so, Snow My, game? That's what I'm thinking, yeah. No, it's not going to be a snow game. I think it could be. But it's going to be cold as hell. Well, I just looked it up. It's a 2% chance of snow. It's 2%. 2%. Chance. It has been. It had snowed all week up in Wisconsin in that area, but it's not going to be a snow game. That's also, we're on Wednesday. That'll be Sunday night. So we'll, see. well, you know, if there is a snow game, that just gives Tom Brady another advantage. I know. That's what I'm saying. We'll see how that plays out. Hammett thinks the Packers take it, and your dad says Watson should go to the Bears. <laughs> so, just FYI, the Bears. The right. Bears. So, hey guys, uh, give us a follow. Uh, give us a like, subscribe on YouTube as well. Uh, you know, we're on Twitch, YouTube, uh, all the major podcast platforms. What is Ma Tanner we got? What's, what about Ma? What is this? So, we got Ma, guys. So, we do have an affiliate with Ma. Uh, I use this thing every day. So, it comes in this canister here. As a, I believe they say it's over 100 trying to fight cancer, Red Bull in it. So it's a lot of caffeine. How many? One jar has is more than 175 Red Bulls. Total jar. But what about one, what about one scoop? I don't know. 
Okay, do just the take as many scoops as you need them. So, so happy. <laughs> I used this thing through Christmas. I want to try it out. It was fabulous. I love it. It's it works. I would use it as a pre workout. I use it as a, a focus energy throughout the day. Our affiliate link will be in the link below as you listen. Uh, so we will get that out there. But you get 10% off and you also get a free jar as part of being a new customer for them. Uh, so that, that all proceeds go to help the channel, guys. All proceeds go to help the channel. So please click there, check it out. At least check it out and see what you guys think about it. So Yeah. I'm, you guys got anything else? No. You know yeah, it. No. You know it right there, Tanner. Okay, Earl. Hey, Very happy. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, guys, we're all there. Other than that, guys. Glad. Have a fabulous championship weekend. Yeah, guys, I hope you guys are joining us every single week because this is one of the best times of the year. you got NFL playoffs and you got NBA going on. So I hope you guys uh, keep up keep up with us every single week. And this is JG. I'm out. And I'll see you guys on the next one. See you guys.